This is the Skeptic Squared Podcast. A safe place to make light of sacred things. My name is Matt. And I'm Corinne. And in this program, we will be discussing current events related to religion, atheism, and skepticism. Our goal is not to insult believers, although that will probably happen from time to time, but rather to share our point of view on these topics in a way which will benefit and entertain others. Or maybe we just want to stroke our own egos. You decide. Hello and welcome to the Skeptic Squared podcast. Today is December 17th, 2016, and with me is my wife, Corinne. Hello. And joining us once again is my friend, Aaron Fox. Hello, Aaron. R- regards. Um, he is joining us via Skype today, so um, yeah, so hopefully we don't have any technical issues. Um, we got everything set up, it sh- should be okay. Um, today we wanted to talk about um, a few things that have been going on in our personal lives um, with regards to communicating with believers. Um, uh, you know, us being non-believers, we'll sometimes get into discussions that can often turn heated um, about what people believe and the way that they um, approach certain situations. So, Aaron, um, maybe we should start with you kind of... Um, talking about your experience on Facebook this week. Um, You shared an article concerning a a Mormon apostle giving a prayer in the, uh, where was it? It It was in Congress, right? It was in Congress, and it was a a historical moment, I guess, for uh, uh, those of the LDS faith, because I guess that, uh, from what I read from the article, that was like one of the first, if not the first time that... uh, that uh, LDS Apostle was asked to uh, come to Congress and uh, give the opening prayer. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that was... I had seen it on my wall um, from other people discussing it as uh-huh. a positive, and I didn't even want to get into the realm of theology. That wasn't my intent. I wasn't trying to Mormon bash, and I wasn't trying to even bash Christianity as a whole. It was just more or less a discussion of... Uh, I, I wanted to start a discussion of whether or not it was appropriate at all to have a congressional endorsement of any faith, or to, or even, even just the fact that I think it's kind of pointless, and I don't really understand what uh, the, the good of uh, introducing religion into a, a, a congressional meeting uh uh what the pro is um Uh of that at all and then also i just wanted to to point out the obvious uh you know hypocrisy of uh i I guess more or less the the most the, the the thing i was irritated with most was just the fact that these people come out and they pander to uh, Christian organizations um, and Christian the the Christian electorate as a whole and then they don't represent them whatsoever in their policy making and still they have these people applauding them because hey you know they're on our team but they don't represent them at all once they it comes down to policy decisions or platforms Um, other than you know maybe using dog whistles from time to time with abortion or gay rights or transgender bathrooms but other than that you know like uh it's it's they once in office they do 
things that are anything but Christian, I think. Uh, it it kind of depends on um, the issue at hand. You're right, like with abortion and, and uh, gay rights, they very often tout the, the Christian right rhetoric um, and try to impose that onto people that are not Christian, which is a very important part of this whole discussion because not everybody in the United States is Christian. Our government is not explicitly Christian. And the, the laws surrounding um, what's appropriate with regards to the government endorsing a religion is that it can't endorse one religion over another. So if they have an incident like, say, Congress wants to have an opening prayer, um, they have to have that option open to every form of religion. Every faith that wants to participate needs to be allowed to participate equally. So, so one of the things that, that I did um, was I pulled an article from a guy that works for the Freedom From Religion Foundation, um, Andrew Seidel, I think is his name, mm-hmm. uh, he, who is a, a congressional or a constitutional lawyer, I think, is his actual job title. And he pulled st- uh, statistics about how often um, different faiths pray and how much money taxpayers spend to have this prayer in Congress. And uh, it's uh, we can go over that real quick, I guess. It's uh, just under a million dollars a year for Congress to have their their uh, invocation prayers. Is um, that is that to pay? I didn't really understand. Is that to pay the chaplain? Because I didn't even right. realize until looking deeper into the issue that Congress actually has like a like a a, a chaplain yes. uh, that presides over all of their all right. of their meetings. And then I guess what's what what happened with the Mormon. Uh, uh, apostle is that uh, I guess they they uh, the the main chaplain uh, will select uh, guest speakers to to give prayers from time to time. Right. So about forty percent of the prayers given are from guests, um, but they have their own department whose sole job is to give the prayer. That's the only job that they actually explicitly have. They do other things, okay, but the only job that is actually in their job description is to pray in Congress. And it's around um, $800,000 a year. Or if you uh, look at the the number of prayers that they actually give, it it comes out to about $1,600 per prayer. Okay. Um, I got paid for my prayers. Right. I still pray. And and, and that is is an issue in and of itself because obviously not all the taxpayers are religious. um, So why... Is this coming from taxes? Or okay. even Christian. Or even Christian. Um, but right. but that's the second issue. Not everybody's Christian, but as Andrew Seidel um, pointed out in his article, 96% of these prayers are explicitly Christian. Mm-hmm. Okay, They they love to pull or, or point to these examples of like a Mormon apostle giving the prayer or a Jewish rabbi or a, a Muslim imam. Okay, But these only represent 4% of the number of prayers. I mean, there are... There are 20% of the, the population in the, in the United States right now who don't even affiliate with any religious um, organization at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, 96% of these prayers are going to, uh, to, to Christians. You know, it's not representative in any way. Um, and- See, but the, the thing is, even the, I think the crux of this issue is really what's the point of even having it? I know it's right. ceremonious, and I know that, like, some people regard it as uh, I, it's it's. I think it's stupid just in 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 its concept. Uh, uh, regard like like even if they were to have like a 
like a more diverse group of people giving prayers there, uh-huh. you know, I still wouldn't be happy because I think the practice in and of itself is stupid. I don't understand right. what place uh, giving a prayer, you know, uh, 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 even has in a in a in a place of uh, uh, you know whether it's trying to make laws and things like that. And everybody wants sure. to point to the issue that um, uh, you know. Well, a large, vast, like a, a, a majority of people are Christian in this country, and so we should be represented. But I don't think anybody should be represented in that way. I don't understand why theology needs to be represented at all right. um, in, in a House of Congress. It, 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 I don't understand. And, and, and everybody wants to point back to tradition. Well, it's like mm-hmm. if, if a tradition's stupid, like why do we keep practicing it? And, and I yeah. guess that's really what I was trying to raise. Um, awareness to was like why is this going on like what point like what what purpose does this serve other than to pander to a large voting block and to act all self-indulgent uh you know and uh and put on a facade or a mask uh you know of of uh uh, hey we're representing you oh he's a great christian man you know it's like what does that mean you know look at his policies you know like it 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 makes people turn a blind eye to what's really going on and just because they see somebody um doing something that they they identify with uh and they identify as as like a positive or a moral or an ethic thing and completely disregard the rest of their policies and and don't look any further into how they practice as as a representative from their their particular state right um and, and, and those are all fine points, uh, you know, it's not necessary, and it is definitely pandering, uh, especially the way that they're doing it right now. Um, but in terms of just the legality of it, um, right, right. the legality is basically as long as all religious faiths that want to participate are fairly represented, equally represented, then legally it's fine. Um, that doesn't tackle the issue of taxpayers paying for it. That's a separate issue. Right. But in terms of just right. having the prayer, as long as everybody is equally re- represented. Uh, an example that I like to go to um, to illustrate this, um, a couple of years ago, um, around this time actually, Christmas time, um, in Santa Monica, California, they have on the pier the, these uh, big billboard type displays, like these big display cases where different groups around the community can do a nativity scene or you know some, something uh, holiday-esque, right? And it's this big tourist kind of um, community building sort of thing. Um, and the way that they had been doing it is they uh, just would have a lottery, a, a raffle of sorts, um, drawing names of different organizations, and then they would get their booth to do whatever it is that they want in the Christmas theme, okay? And traditionally... Um, most of these would go to local churches, um, Christian organizations, and that kind of stuff. Well, one year, um, a couple years ago, a, a few atheist groups uh, decided to put their names into the hat, and they ended up walking away with about half of the the displays. So you had, um, you know, lots of these nativity scenes and, you know, things of Jesus and all that kind of stuff and angels and all that. And then next to them, you would have stuff about how it's all a myth, how Santa Claus is just, there's just as much evidence for Santa Claus as Jesus. And, you know, these sorts of things like, like challenging the status quo and, and the beliefs of, that they're of the pagan people. rituals that were taken. Exactly. By, yeah. Yeah. And, and then there was this huge outcry that atheists and these, these secularists who are, are picking apart the Christian beliefs 
um, shouldn't be allowed to participate. And Santa Monica tried to like, um, you, you know, tried, tried to balance it out and tried to appease everybody. And uh, it turned into this big debacle. And so the, the next year they just decided, you know what, we can't do this fairly. It's causing too much contention and nobody's happy. So let's just not do it. Okay. The only way to do it fairly is to not do it at all. For right. Anybody. And, and, and that's so, what I'm saying with prayer in Congress. Right. Like and, and <laughs> exactly. And that's why groups like the Satanic Temple um, go around and try to um, offer their prayers in these different town uh, meetings and, and, that, and that kind of stuff. Um, I know that the FFRF has tried to get an atheist in Congress to pray. Um, and I don't know that they've actually been able to do it successfully. I haven't heard of any examples. Um, but... Uh, but but that's the point. Is is it's really difficult to appease everybody when it comes to these religious expressions and government um, facilities and government um, forums, and so the simplest solution, the most fair solution, is to not have any of it. Right. And and eventually that's where it's going to go. I think um, as soon as they get somebody from the Satanic Temple to pray in front of Congress and heil Satan, okay, <laughs> right. that that's when they're going to draw the line and say, you know what. Let's just get rid of it. Let's just not even bother. Right. right. Because the, the last thing that they want is for somebody to pray to Satan in front of Congress. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Well, and that's, I get, get, again, to the crux of the issue. Like, I think a lot of, like, Christians, uh, you know, and I think as atheists, and obviously I can't speak for all atheists, but uh, in regards to myself, the reason that I raise these issues and poke at these issues, and I think the reason that you see atheists during Christmas time. Uh, uh, you know, trying to have their own uh, uh, quasi nativity scenes, <laughs> like, um, and 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 why they fight to, uh, uh, you know, give prayer in Congress, or you know, uh-huh. uh, things like that. I think I think a lot of people on on the Christian right uh, view that as like, oh, we're trying to attack your faith in particular. But I think what they're missing is the fact that we're trying to attack the the whole thing conceptually, like. Why is this even allowed? Why is right. this a practice? You know, and and I think by um, uh, going about it in the way of uh, you know uh, introducing a satanic uh, a priest uh, to give a prayer on the the, the floor of Congress, um, that is almost satirical. Mm-hmm. Um, um, uh, in order to portray how ridiculous it is, that's, a, you know? that's exactly and, why they do it. <laughs> yeah, and and I think I think that. But I think that it's misinterpreted by by people in the uh, in a lot of Christian sects and uh, you know and just people uh-huh. that are uh, uh, dogmatic uh, because they think that oh we're attacking Christianity or we're attacking their their right. their theology when it's like we're not attacking your theology we're we're attacking the practice and and, and sure. in order to do so sometimes you have to use satire to go on the entire opposite of the spectrum to uh, you know to to really run down that slippery slope mm-hmm. um to to your to your uh, uh to to the practice in order to make a point you know yep. it's 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 not that I, I really think that it's uh, as good to have a satanic priest give a prayer as I do a Catholic uh, 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 a minister um, uh, uh, or a Catholic priest, um, but uh, it it just shows how ridiculous it is when you see it uh, all the way down the slippery slope. And I think yep. that's what we try to do as like a secular community mm-hmm. um, is, is just to use that uh, satirical approach to make a point. 
That's that's exactly it. And and uh, the few times that I've you know looked at these clips of the Satanic Temple getting involved in these kinds of things, al- almost always the person who offers the invocation um, is very clear that this is this is only a result of uh, or, or they're reacting to them not getting rid of the prayer altogether. What they want is no religion at all intermingled right. with governance. Right. Um, but since it's not going away, they're going to participate too. Right, um, exactly. And, and there have been other examples. You know, obviously, there's the prayers in town uh, town hall meetings and stuff. But there's um, Satanic Temple, I think, around this time last year, put up a Baphomet statue um, somewhere in the Midwest and got a lot of outcry because it was so close to like a, a Ten Commandments monument on the government grounds and mm-hmm. you know, th- things like that. Yeah. They, they try to ruffle feathers, but it's always to prove the point that government... Um, shouldn't be involved in religion. Right, because if we take this down, uh, you know, all the way to a satanic priest, maybe then you'll see that this isn't all-inclusive and this doesn't work Mm -hmm. in a governing body. It it has no place. Exactly. And uh, there's another example that I can think of. Um, Do you remember Jerry Falwell? Do you know that name? Okay, so he he was a big televangelist preacher. Um, I think he founded the, what is it, Liberty University which is yeah. like an email well, that I keep getting calls from. Right. <laughs> he said that we uh, deserve 9-11 because of gays. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, a, he's a real peach. Um, yeah. Anyway, he, he, he died a few years ago, but uh, there was a time, it was probably around late 90s, um, so I, I can't remember the exact details, but from what I recall, he was advocating for a, a school district, I think in Texas, um, to allow proselytizing of uh, children in public schools. So right. churches could go to the schools and hand out pamphlets and Bibles and all that kind of stuff, encourage them to, to be Christian and all that. And, uh, and he actually got the local government to change the laws so that that would be allowed, that they would be able to preach to kids in public schools. Okay. Well, it turns out that uh, when you do that kind of thing, it is open to any religious group. And so there was a local pagan or Wiccan um, congregation that, that decided to also participate. And so they right. started handing out their Wiccan pamphlets and inviting people to their activities and stuff. And, of course, once the Christians saw that, you know, saw that their, their little kids were coming home with uh, witchcraft um, invitations <laughs> and stuff, they freaked out and, and then reversed the law and uh, stopped having that uh, go on, you know. But it, it, it all just illustrates the point that when you're talking about um, public forums, government, all that stuff, it's best um, to not have any religion at all. Um, it's, right. it, it just It's just too contentious. It's too hot of a topic. And there's, there's no way to do it fairly. Um, no, there please isn't. Everybody. Yeah, no way. Um, so let's move on to, uh, to some of the responses that you got. Were there, were there any... <laughs> well, um, that stood out to you? Any make, uh, yeah, make a yeah. point? The, the number one that I always get and that f- it frustrates me, I guess, the most is uh, the first one on that thread that really kind of set me off was uh, how did... Uh, <laughs> I can't remember verbatim what he said. Well, but I can it read was, it to you. It says, oh, okay, you got it there. <laughs> honest question. How does this prayer... How does this prayer going to even affect you any? Right. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> and it's like so that response uh, 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 really just kind of irritated me because it's uh, if you read my original post, I'm just saying that uh, that uh, 
that uh, that I don't think the practice should be allowed at all in 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 in, uh, in in a in a house in a governing body, especially one like Congress. Um, you know that uh, it's not even at the state level; it's at a national level, and it's on C-SPAN, and and you know people watch that stuff. Right. And and I guess the the thing that really strikes me as uh, irritating is the fact that um, yeah, okay, it doesn't affect my day to day per se personally, um, but I think it affects uh, the, our national conscious, um, and also I think it just affects. Um, uh, the way our laws are made, I think it affects, um, you know, you can, a variety of issues, uh, 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 you know, by allowing, uh, you know, um, government to basically singularly endorse a particular faith, and you don't feel that as a majority faith, uh, you know, and I guess it's the ignorance that really bothers me, because, I don't know to to try and look at it through somebody else's eyes how how something that doesn't affect you and that's what that was one of my responses to him it's like yeah something that seemingly doesn't affect you um you know how about i'm raising this issue so you consider that you know uh, maybe it is affecting somebody else and and also just to try and like take a look at it and think uh, a little deeper about it but just to, to hear that response it's like it's 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 such a dismissal, um, such right. an easy easy way to dismiss, uh, uh, you know, uh, thinking about something by just being like, well, how does this affect you any? Or, um, you know, you're just being a baby, you know, uh, stop whining, uh, you know, mm-hmm. our society's too politically correct. Here's like all these very cliched arguments that you'll hear um, when trying to address an issue uh, and have like a. a, a an enlightening conversation and it and it gets halted by like these type of combat comments that are really defensive in nature and and don't even uh really take the time to uh to think about uh the ramifications of of uh the issue that i was trying to raise you know yeah um yeah i'm just skimming through some of the comments and there's just a lot of misunderstanding of what's what the issue actually is, right. what the problem yeah. is, um, because uh, uh, even for a lot of non-believers, when somebody else prays, it doesn't um, ruffle their feathers, you know. No. Um, and that and that is, I guess, something to consider. But at the same time, it's not about the prayer itself affecting anybody um, specifically. It's it's the principle, it's the representation, right. it's the the trickle down um, effects that it can have in in policy. And and uh, just not even f- trying to follow um, the constitutional representation of all faiths, you know. Right. Yeah. Exactly. And just by being a minority and, yeah. and raising concern to this issue, and just to be so easily dismissed, and then also they they uh, they try and uh, compartmentalize you into oh you're just a, a Mormon basher. Would you feel different about this if uh, if uh, um, you know, this was your particular theology because I don't think he re- he he knew I was an atheist. Oh. Um, but uh, that that also irritates me because instead of uh, you know really evaluating the issue at hand, a lot of times you'll see on social media they'll start making ad hominem attacks. Um, you know, uh, 
and just trying to group you into a, a Mormon basher, Christian hater, or, uh, you know, a, a, a politically correct, uh, you know, left-wing nut job. You know, it's like a lot sure. of this. Instead of, like, like actually having, like, a, 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 a thoughtful conversation about the issue, you know, they, they try to, to, to avoid the issue because they can't win on the issue with argument. You know, they... they They'll start painting you with this broad brush and, and uh, just making ad hominem attacks, and it mm-hmm. it uh, a lot of time it just shuts down the conversation altogether. Right, and and to be fair, I mean it is super easy to dismiss things that that stand against your personal beliefs. I mean, I'm guilty of doing ad hominem attacks as well. Like we've we've talked about um, on the show, a guy named Alex Jones, okay, who's a conspiracy yeah. theorist, and he's he's perpetuated lots of really bad false ideas that have become popularized, especially now that uh, that Trump is president-elect. Oh, um, his, whole, and, his whole base, uh, fervent Trump supporters. Right, but but the, the, the fallacy here is that um, just because, generally speaking, somebody like Alex Jones um, is conspiratorial, he doesn't really use facts and stuff, at least not how I, not the types of facts and evidence that I would accept as valid, um, but, not facts. Right. But 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 to say that he's just a nut job and he's a conspiracy theorist and then not even consider anything that he says, that is a form of, of uh, the ad hominem attack fallacy. Because it right. might be the case that once in a blue moon he gets something right, you know, and, and each argument that he presents needs to be measured um, by its own merits. That's, that's of course, the, the fallacy, the way that it works. Um, right. But it's super hard to take for me personally, to take anything that he says seriously because he has such a long track record of being just fatuous and and fallacious and ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Um, right. So it's really difficult for me to even consider anything that he says as being valid. Um, yeah. And anyway, I, I just wanted to, to not, no, not and, paint and this you're, picture. You're right. You know, I, I try to be, uh, you know, practice what I preach on that regard. Uh-huh. Um, and I really try to hear these arguments out, but a lot of time you'll see just this long diatribe where it, it honestly, it, it gets tiring because they, they, they make these straw man arguments, mm-hmm. um, that take hours to deconstruct, you know, like, <laughs> like that there's so many things wrong with what you're saying that like to pick every single one of them out and to to correct you on them uh, takes a really long time. And a lot of times when I do that, mm-hmm. I'll find the next post uh, completely ignores anything that I that I uh, you know spent so much time you right. know uh, uh, deconstructing, and it'll just move on to another one that I got to deconstruct all over again. And it it's tiring. It, it is tiring, and and uh, I mean I mean I've talked about a few other instances like this that I've been involved in. Um, I, I was a little bit involved in this one, but there, there's other ones that I've been more involved in. And it does wear on you. It, it's exhausting coming, you know, having these, these uh, things hurled at you from all different directions, from multiple people. And it's especially frustrating when they don't bother to read what you've already said. Um, yeah. You know, but, it's, but, it's hard to have a coherent conversation with, with multiple people in that kind of setting. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Well, and 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 you know what's funny too is that like a lot a lot of the time I'll leave a conversation like that feeling like oh my gosh like I am completely on the outskirts of like the entire Facebook community all my friends because right. like uh, like I've been attacked way more than I've been agreed with 
I don't think I was agreed with by maybe but two or three people. But uh, yeah. and there was like eighty comments on the thing. But uh, I, uh, it's funny though because I'll I'll talk to people like a week after you know even today I I talked to this girl who was like oh my gosh I love reading your threads like. Um, I feel the exact same way but the thing is is that like so you're reaching a lot more people than you think you are and I think a lot more people actually do agree with you than you think do uh, that's represented on like a post like that Uh but I think like people in the secular community are kind of afraid because like there's implications with like employment or uh, friendships or uh, you know they just don't want to get involved because it's a hostile issue you know and and so, anyway, I just try to keep that in the back of my mind that, like, uh, humanity isn't all at a loss because, you know, there are po- probably more people that agree with you uh, than you would expect from reading something like that. Yeah, absolutely. And that's been my experience as well. I've had several people uh, message me privately um, rather, yes, than, yeah. rather than post things publicly, um, just chiming in, saying that they, they agree with me, they support what I'm saying, but they don't want to get involved because of what that would mean for their relationships and, and that kind of right. stuff. Um, but, uh, and that's one of the reasons why I tend to not dive into these Facebook conversations. I'd much rather have a conversation in person. Um, have, have you had any of these kinds of conversations in person? Yes, and, and, and I think that that Atheos app, maybe if we can uh, get oh, yeah. into that a little bit, but sure. like like just by, by hearing, because uh, they, they go about it in a very, because uh, I jump in, because I get so irritated and I, I, I emotionally react um, to uh, just these illogical things that people will say and, uh, you know, I have a hard time keeping my mouth shut. Um, even at my job, like, uh, you know, I'll come into contact with people that, uh, that, that are a completely different ideology and, uh, I don't know why I waste my time, mm-hmm. uh, uh, because they'll, 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 they'll just say things and it triggers just an angry response from me or whatever. And it doesn't serve either party, you know, it's just me just, uh, uh getting all puffed up and angry and, right. uh, you know, I'll go on attack mode, but, uh, you know, we don't, nobody leaves that type of conversation, uh, you know, gaining anything from it. Um, uh, but yeah, I guess with that APS app, like the way that they say about, uh, try to teach you how to go about a conversation is, is, uh, is, is, I, I, I think it's, uh, more constructive because, uh, to dive into, to arguing with people who, uh, uh, you know, that, the way people present their their ideology uh, is a good indication of how the argument's going to go or how mm-hmm. the conversation's going to go. And uh, I don't know. I guess it just kind of gave me a little bit more. Uh, 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 it made me think about engaging with people that were clearly never going to change their mind and uh, it, that that it wasn't going to be productive. Because yeah. I I, I, t- I tend to jump into it every time, and I'm also kind of like labeled as uh you know atheist secular um you know i'm pretty open with how i think about things and so like i'm often confronted by people who think the opposite right. and just trying to ri- try to rile my feathers because they know it's all <laughs> anyway right so so just to um, get everybody on the same page so the the app is called atheos um a-t-h-e-o-s 
And it's um, it was done by a man named Peter Bogosian, who has been doing what, what he calls uh, street epistemology. He uses um, a form of the Socratic method to talk to believers um, about why it is that they believe what they believe. And it's, it's not in, a, in an attacking kind of way. It's very ecumenical, his approach. Um, but it, it basically walks them through their own process and then exposes um, weaknesses in their argument and then helps them kind of um, see the weakness in their argument and then hopefully they can fix it, fix the error, um, and, then, and then walk away with um, more informed, better supported beliefs. So it doesn't necessarily have to do with religion. It could do with any belief at all. Um, you know, it's more of like just a, a philosophical sure, way yeah. of yeah conversation. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so the the app itself is free um, until you get to a certain point. Then like the then you have to pay for some extra content or whatever. But the the first part of it's free. It's definitely worth checking out. I think. Um, so, Corinne, you haven't gone through the app yet. Right. Just downloaded oh, you just downloaded it. Yeah. Um, I, f- I figured we could go through some of the questions that they asked, not necessarily talk about their their um, responses, but just have a discussion about um, some of the scenarios that they present and, and what would be the best way to talk to a person in this situation. Um, does that sound good, Aaron? Yeah. Okay. So um, somebody comes up to you and grabs your shirt collar. Believe in God, or you'll, or I'll kick your ass. I'm dead serious. <laughs> Somebody grabs your shirt collar. Oh. I've never been confronted by that, but but how, how would you how would you respond to that kind of situation? <laughs> Are you asking me or Corinne? Or... Uh, both of you, whoever oh. has a, a response. Yeah, I uh, I I'm pretty sure that that would uh, you know get a, a a nod of the head and probably a. a, a end up in me walking away that's not a conversation I want to delve into right <laughs> Corinne how would you respond is there more context to the question nope that's the entire context somebody comes up to you and grabs your collar and says believe in God or else I'd probably say okay and walk away yeah whatever gets them to let go of my shirt collar right because <laughs> yeah because that's not the time to have a deep philosophical conversation when somebody's being physically hostile towards you Right. Right. Um, another one is, hello, boss. Tough day at the office, huh? My spouse and I would like to attend. Would like you to attend our son's bar mitzvah next week. So this is a, a situation at work. Yeah. As far as I go on that one, I honestly don't care. Like I'll go to a, a, a religious ceremony. You know, if it's somebody that I like or, you know, somebody, a relative or something, you know, because I understand that, you know, those things are important for them. And, uh, you know, I, I, I'll i be supportive, you know, and, and it doesn't bother me any. It's not like I'm sitting there the entire time fuming. Like, I'll go, I go yearly, uh, uh, typically with my mom and family to, you know, uh, the church service during Christmas. Uh-huh. Uh at, at the, the church that they go to they have you know live music and it's festive and it's kind of fun I like I like even some of the, the songs and stuff I can appreciate it for what it is you know and mm-hmm. uh, uh, walk away from it making everybody happy like uh, you know I don't like 
want to be viewed as somebody who's just angry and I, I won't attend it because I philosophically disagree with, uh, you know, right. uh, the religion. I, I don't think that, 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 uh, I think by having, uh, uh, showing, a um, some companionship and, 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 uh, you know, respecting their faith, you know, for what it is, and I don't know, not even necessarily respecting their faith, just like not being a jerk, <laughs> and, right. and, and just like you know, uh, I don't have to 100% agree with what's going on to to you know support you, you know, if it makes you happy, you know, right. so that's fine. Corinne, do you have a a response? Um, so in the situation, are we the boss? Yes. And he started off by saying rough week. Yeah. Well, I think, I feel like the problem doesn't lie within the religious aspect. It lies with him asking a superior to attend a religious event. Mm -hmm. Like that in and of itself, I don't think is necessarily appropriate just Mm -hmm. because of the relationship you're supposed to maintain with, you know, boss and employee, but. So in a different context outside of work, it would be more appropriate, but since it's at work, it's not as appropriate. Right. Is what you're saying? Yeah. Well, that, and I feel like he's implying it's been a rough week, so you need a religious experience. Ah. Uh, so, I mean, I'm with Aaron. Like, I, I would attend a bar mitzvah. Like, I mm-hmm. don't have a problem attending things like that. Right. Depending on the situation. So going to something like that, I wouldn't have a problem with. But I think the main issue is the boss-employee relationship okay. and implying that there's that he needs religion. Uh-huh. Um, for me, personally, um, like... Like if it's something like a bar mitzvah, I'm I'm not Jewish. I don't have any experience with mm-hmm. with Judaism, so for me it would be interesting just to see what it is totally. and, and what they do. It's an educational experience. Exactly. Um, if it were a a Mormon approaching me and asking me to go to their child's baptism at the age of eight, mm-hmm. I might have a harder time with it. And then if it's yeah. somebody who knows that I've left the church, like say somebody in my family. Well, maybe not necessarily somebody in my family because that that adds an, another layer of complication to it. Yeah. But somebody approaches me, they, they know that I, I have strong feelings against the church, but they still want me to come. Um, I would have to be really, really good friends, close friends for them to for that to be okay for me to right. attend. I think. Um, well, I think it's like it's it's yeah it's within context. You know, I'm not gonna go weekly just because to to appease my family. But mm-hmm. like if it's a you know an annual event, you know, and everybody's going in my family, and it's you know it's fine, whatever. Yeah. I don't want to exclude myself. But yeah, I think I, I you know it's funny. Like I was I was actually thinking just barely like what religious ceremony would I have a hard time attending? And I think you nailed it, Matt, with baptism? Uh, the, the baptism of the eight-year-old. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I would be able to go to that. Yeah. yeah that one I just... think I just fundamentally disagree with uh, indoctrinating in, right, uh, exactly. an eight-year-old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know. Um, yeah, anything else to say about this one? No. Um, we could spend more time on the whole, you know, religion in the workplace thing, but... Um, Maybe we'll save that for another time. Um, next yeah, question. Yeah, that's a conversation within itself. Yeah. yeah. We could do a whole, whole podcast on that. Yeah. Um, okay, another question is, if God didn't exist, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind that I'd start killing everyone in sight. I've actually heard this argument quite a few times. Really? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm sad to say that, like, and, and maybe not that extreme, but my dad... 
Uh, I'm sad, sad to say said that minus religion, minus belief in God, he would act like a pirate. And uh, <laughs> I've I've heard like other people. Uh, uh, you know, I've I, I've been uh, approached uh, with that logic before, and I just think it's so insane. Like. Like what does that say to what does that say about you as a person? You know that the only thing preventing you from raping and pillaging is is because you believe in God. Like, right. like uh, you know, maybe that says more about that person. You know, because I don't think most Christians, you know, uh, if they, you know, evidence came to light that there was no God, that suddenly you would have an entire group of Christian people just going across the country raping and pillaging. Like, right. I, I don't think that. Anyway, I, I just think well, that somebody using a, a crazy, they're trying to they're trying to uh, uh, confront you with that that uh, where they're trying to start the conversation of where do you derive your ethics outside of religion exactly, um, but they're just approaching it in a completely inappropriate way, yeah. you know, because uh, that's actually a conversation that's interesting is you know where do you derive ethics outside of religion, um, and I would argue that society. Uh, sets the bar and religion catches up. But anyway, that's a whole other thing. Well, that, that certainly seems to be the case with the Mormons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They, yeah. They tend to be about 10 to 20 years behind on most social exactly. issues. <laughs> I would say with most faiths, you know, I yeah. mean, you know, uh, interracial marriage and, uh, you know, a, yeah. a, a lot a lot of Christian denominations were at the tail end of that, of that movement. Yeah. Corinne, do you have uh, anything to add? Um... I would say something along the lines of, if that's truly how you feel, then you should definitely believe in God. Yeah, it it would depend for me on how serious I thought that statement right. actually was, because right. I could see some people trying trying to use that argument as a way of of winning the argument. Right. Um, I had I, I I don't think I know anybody who would honestly just start killing a bunch of people if they didn't believe in God. No. I don't think that that's actually the case for most people. Um, and I think that there's pretty good evidence that that's not the case because lots of people lose their faith and most of them don't go around murdering a bunch of people. You right. know, um, Usually what happens is um, when somebody, at least, at least in my experience, um, and a lot of the things that I've read from other people's experiences as well, is when they have a crisis of faith, they have to re- think their entire worldview and that includes um morality and ethics and and they have to come to um new conclusions morally um most people will walk away from a faith crisis with more or less the same basic uh sense of morality um but they'll have different reasons for it um i can say that with me you know and i uh -huh. I, I think i've witnessed that with you yeah. you know you haven't changed a bit <coughs> well yeah, yeah, and uh, oh, there was something else I was going to say. I forgot where I was going to go. That's nah, fine. Uh, we'll, we'll just move on. So, I, I guess we can close that particular um, comment with, uh, with a, a quote from Christopher Hitchens. Um, what is it? Uh, morality doesn't come from religion; it precedes it. Yeah, that that I love that quote. Yeah, which I, I think sums it up pretty nice. Like religion borrows um, morality from society in general, I think. Um, yep. We would be moral with or without religion. Um, let's see. There are a couple other fun ones. 
fun, fun questions. I busted my head open and have a severe and permanent have severe and permanent brain damage. Thank the maker, I didn't die. Did I tell you I busted my head open? <laughs> yeah. Well, at least for me, like uh, uh, in regards to you know people going through a traumatic uh, situation and relying on uh, uh, their particular dogma to get them through it I'm not trying to deconstruct that ever you know I'm pretty sensitive when it comes to that you know and I would never come at somebody who thanked God that they were still alive I mean I, I see it a lot of, a lot of time um, in the uh, recovery community you know people will share their story and say how you know they were living in a, a dumpster you know uh-huh. uh, sh- shooting dope uh, you know and then now because you know if they're uh, intense faith of God, you know, uh, they've been able to, you know, reconstruct their life and, uh, you know, have a lot of sh- things to show for it. And they, uh, they got a lot of love in their heart and they got a really good energy about them. And, right. you know, it's like, it's like, if that's working for you, man, that's, that's fine. You know, like I, I'm not trying to, I, I would, I, I, I don't know. I don't think it's healthy to, to, to like, I, I don't see what purpose it serves to try and destroy somebody's faith who it's clearly working for them, you know? And uh-huh. and I guess in regards to the question you just raised, though, like, um, uh, it sounds like that person has uh, uh, some brain damage as a result of it. <laughs> and, and to try and argue with somebody about uh, religion um, who uh, has a brain injury and, uh, you know, is happy to be alive, I don't think is appropriate. Right. There's a time and a place. Yeah. And and that's, I mean, that's the whole point of this section of the app is that um, a lot of times these conversations just aren't appropriate for that time and place. You know, you need to have different context. They need to have a different frame of mind. Um, this is something that Corinne and I have discussed before. Um, this idea that uh, that everybody should leave religion. Um, and, and for me, I... Like, when I first left religion, it was very easy for me to, to hold that mentality. Like, for me, it worked. Um, you know, leaving religion was one of the best things that I've ever done. Um, but I can see for some people who have invested so much time and energy and they've crafted their whole view of the universe around these religious beliefs, taking that away, some people just simply won't be able to recover from that. Right. And, and maybe, maybe I'm not giving um, some people... In, that, in those kinds of situations enough credit, like maybe they can do it. I don't know. But it's not my place to put them in that situation to find out. Um, right. I think that it's better um, for people to be raised with a, a secular mindset and have secular morality and principles than a, than a religious mindset, um, to, to learn the scientific method and critical thinking rather than religious superstitions and traditions. I think that that would, would, would be better overall. But for people that are so far in to the rabbit hole you, you, you sometimes you just can't pull them out well um, and also i think uh i think that uh you know in that context of the question you just asked uh they're not seeking uh their, your opinion at all you know no. they're just st- stating matter-of-factly what's happening in their in their uh in in their life and you know they're they're accrediting uh you know their god for uh you know what they've been able to overcome so i I don't like to interject you know my secularism into uh when when somebody just is trying to bring about 
uh, you know, they're not trying to start a conversation or a debate or anything. They're just saying, like, uh, you know, what helped them. And, uh, uh-huh. you know, that, I don't think that's an appropriate time to, well, you know, there's no God. It's like, that doesn't serve any purpose. You know, it's like, yeah. dude, I'm not trying to get into a debate with you. All I'm saying is this is what worked for me, you know? And, right. And, uh, uh, and on the flip side, um, religious people are most definitely guilty of taking advantage of those kinds of situations for their own benefit. I mean, yeah. religions have a, a long history of taking advantage of people in vulnerable situations um, I mean, just this week I saw something, I think on the ex-Mormon Reddit, or, or maybe it was the atheist Reddit, I can't remember which, um, where somebody had a death in the family or something along those lines, and a religious organization um, contacted them and and offered them their condolences, and then, oh, by the way, we have church, why don't you come get some support? It's like, it, you know, yeah. that that's opportunistic, it's, to me it's villainous, it's evil, yeah. that, that practice. Um and, and that's all the more reason why people in the secular community shouldn't use that tactic because it's, I think it's dishonest. Right, I agree. I agree. And uh, you know, I, something that you kind of touched on a little bit earlier was uh, you know uh, raising a child um, with a secular mindset first. Uh, and I, I, I obviously hundred percent agree with that. But it's kind of funny because I'm in a situation where. Um, uh, you know, I'm I'm about to have a kid, and uh, oh, did you I know, know that? For, Congratulations! I, I, I didn't tell you that. I don't know that I knew that. No, actually, <laughs> yeah, right. actually, I, I think well, I, I do remember you posting something on Facebook. Okay, yeah. yeah so, so, yeah, so uh, my my mistake for not remembering. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're good, man. Congratulations, um, nonetheless. Well, thank you. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so it's it's. Uh, I, um, I, uh, you know, I'd always thought about that as somebody, as an atheist, somebody, uh, um, how, how, how you would raise your kid, because right. you're asked that a lot as an atheist, um, at least I have been, you know, what if you had a kid, what would you do, you know, how would you raise them, and right. for me, it's always been obvious, like, I, I always, like, in the back of my mind knew that if I ever were to have a kid, that uh, I wouldn't push anything on them, and I would just like you said, you know, the scientific method, teaching them uh, constructive, uh, critical thinking, mm-hmm. um, you know, evaluating the evidence, you know, uh, and making up their own mind, never trying to push and indoctrinate a child. Because I don't, I don't want to indoctrinate my child is, uh, any more so than I think it's okay for, you know, a Mormon parent to indoctrinate their kid at eight years old and call them a Mormon and, and paint them with that label when they have... Right really no idea what the hell's going on um but there's all these societal and cultural implications if they don't accept uh you know uh uh, uh their their particular family's faith um you know so mm-hmm. i don't want to do that either um but like well, you said i think the healthiest way to go about it and something that i've really given a lot of thought to recently is yeah just like like you said you know i think you said it perfectly just critical thinking learning how to evaluate evidence and make up your mind for yourself you know and, right um, so I've, I've listened to a lot of different podcasts and, and debates and things, and, and this kind of thing comes up every once in a while. And um, sometimes they have somebody there who is raising a, a child secularly. Um, and, the, and the ones that, that stand out to me um, are the ones that try to incorporate these, uh, these tales and myths and, and religious traditions from lots of different um, traditions. Mm-hmm. And they talk with their child about... Um, 
you know, the, the roots of where it comes from. How do you know if this is true or real? Um, and, and that kind of approach, which is a very different approach, I think. Even if you even if you frame it in the sense of we're an atheist family and we don't believe this, um, you know, that to me that's still different than somebody growing up in, say, the Mormon faith, where they're not just taught that, that Mormonism is, is absolutely true, but their whole social network and their family and and uh, you know rites of passage to adulthood they're all um, wrapped up in Mormon culture and Mormon belief um, in, in a way that that I've never seen in a secular household you know I, yeah. I've never seen um, somebody who was raised secular and then became religious become disowned by their family I've just never seen it <laughs> but I have seen it the other way mm-hmm. I've seen lots of people leave religion and become disowned um, I think you're. I think you're right, but I. I also think that it's important to practice these principles that I. I, I think are ethical. You yeah. know, uh, uh, I. I agree that it's probably more extreme um, uh, in the theological approach, um, but uh, at the same time, I think it's hypocritical to. Uh, you know, I'm not going to call my five-year-old an atheist. Right. You know, that's insane. You know, just, but but it's so socially acceptable to call a five-year-old a Mormon. I don't understand like uh, how how people don't get how 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 ridiculous that is. You know, right. it's like this is, this kid you're bringing up this kid and introducing this kid to all the knowledge uh, that, that that you have, and you're and you're and you're basically just teaching them. Um, uh, you know, uh, they're coming to you. Uh, to show them how the world works and what the world is and what all this means, you know, and uh, you're giving them just one side of the argument, right. or one side and, and, and you're sliver. just telling me this is matter <laughs> of fact, you know, yeah. and and uh, and uh, I don't think that's healthy on any side, you know. It's, yeah. I, yeah, I think it's, it's a more for me personally, it's more a matter of whether or not the parents will accept the child no matter what they decide for themselves. Right, um, right, right, exactly. You know, anyway. Yeah. Corinne, do you have anything to add? I came in halfway through the conversation. Yeah. Oh! And- <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're just talking about um, raising children secular versus religious mm-hmm. and the idea of indoctrination um, and, and that kind of thing. Um, anyway. I... Sorry. What were you going to say? Oh, I, I see. I the, the other point that I, I forgot that I was I was trying to get into was um, how how uh, you know when people hear me speak of raising my kid uh, you know non religious um, uh, I get a lot of backlash and oh you're just being a jerk you're just angry at God and you're you're uh, you're just they they see it as like me like sticking it to the man when in reality that has nothing to do with it and 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 i joke about it a little bit you know like uh like uh it'll be funny you know i'll have the the atheist kid and like my mom doesn't think it's funny and anyway but uh you know obviously i'm kidding around most of the time but (laughs) i uh i uh I, I don't like because I, I I speak about it in jest a lot. I don't think people realize like uh, you know with my family and friends like how deeply affected in a negative way I was from uh, a lot of this uh, religious indoctrination at a very young age. Like I remember used I, I used to read Revelation because I used I, I I considered all these things matter of fact because they were presented to me by my parents. You know and so right. um, 
So I would read Revelation, you know, I remember going through Revelation time and time again, and then watching like Terminator 2 Judgment Day and like seeing that big explosion and like the, like uh, O'Connor like holding the fence and screaming and I was like picturing the end of the world and I was like so morbidly fascinated and, and terrified by you know the apocalypse and end times and all this you know and and uh, and, and and reading stories of Abraham and all that and right. uh, you know and and trying to trying to uh, <laughs> trying to understand that as a as a you know a, a eight year old uh, is extremely difficult you know and you're dealing with some pretty heavy subject matter and so I don't understand like from the Christian side how they don't see how that could just uh, how that's also detrimental to a child right. you know trying to understand why God would tell a, a father to kill his own son you know try to wrap that around an eight year old's head like that uh, I don't know as an eight year old it I, it really struck it it really uh, caused a lot of anxiety and fear mm. um, and uh, you know all the stories of the Bible and then trying to figure out some moral lesson in between all the nonsense um, you know Noah's Ark and uh, Job and all that like I remember going through all those stories and just finding inconsistencies in all of them at a very young age and I, I I've dealt with like panic attacks my whole life and uh, and from a very young age when I was that young I, I, I would really I was really scared about like dying and what was going to happen after we died and everything right. and uh you know and and trying to accept the bible version of all these things and uh and I remember when I finally be, uh, uh just uh, uh gave it all away and just let go of it all um and and started identifying as an atheist like I don't have panic attacks anymore I don't I don't have that anymore I don't I don't I don't have this immense anxiety about the afterlife and like what it's going to be like to exist for eternity because that was my real fear, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, I, I just think that it's so widely accepted that you know it's a positive to bring up a, a kid uh, with a particular dogma um, that you they don't they don't take the time to consider that hey this might also be detrimental because this is some pretty heavy subject matter for a child, you know. Right. Um, that that's actually a, a point that was raised when the Mormon Church last year announced that children of homosexuals um, wouldn't be able to join the church until they turn 18 and disavow gay marriage. Um, and, right. then, and then people started pointing out, well, if it's not okay for them to, to join the church until they're 18, like why are we having kids at the age of eight join the church? And then, <laughs> and then that, that, that there was another question that was raised. Um, if it's okay for somebody who's eight to join the church, why do they have to wait until they're 18 to leave it? Or right. why are they considered too young to leave it? Because right. even 18-year-olds get that all the time. It's like, oh, you're too young. You don't understand what you're doing. It's like, uh-huh. well, I was eight when I joined the church, and how was that me understanding what I was getting myself into? Exactly. Exactly. Right. Yeah. It's know. a legally binding... I don't think any other legally binding contract would hold up in court between you and an eight-year-old. Like, dude, right. I'm telling you, this kid bought my house when he was, like, eight years old. <laughs> right. Like, he, he completely reneged on his payments. Yeah. Exactly. Um, I have one more question from the Atheos app that, that I want to talk about. Um, so the person says, we've been talking for just 10 minutes, but my head is spinning with thoughts and emotions. I'm confused. Please continue with your questions. 
So the person is confused about what's being said, they have lots of emotions running through them, but they still want you to, to continue talking to them. What do you do? Uh, I think, like, from my point of view, uh, uh, I've had that happen before. Uh, you know, because I love this stuff, and I, I think about it all the time, and, uh, you know, I consider... Uh, 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 I, I like these conversations, but for some, some people, these type of conversations are very overwhelming, uh-huh. and uh, they have a, they have a harder time and they're not stupid. It's just that there's so much emotional investment into the issue that I feel like they get overwhelmed and they kind of get burnt out. And and at that point, uh, typically in a conversation, I kind of, hey, you know, th- just some stuff to consider if you want to talk again when you're feeling a little better. Or, you know, have have a, more of a clear mindset. You know, then then we can continue discussing. I don't ever want to just sit up on a soapbox and preach to somebody who. Uh, you know, uh, wow. is overwhelmed and, 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 and terrified by what I'm saying. You know, like, I don't think that serves any purpose. Yeah. yeah. Corinne? Um, yeah, I think uh, if they're feeling that overwhelmed, like, I wouldn't say I'm going to stop talking now. It would be more like, well, let's talk about what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. Right. Because, yeah. like, adding to that isn't going to make them any less confused. It's going to make them more confused, more likely to shut down. Right. So I think talking about what they're feeling, what they're experiencing, and going through any questions they have makes more sense than pushing the issue. Yeah. Right. Like, why is this making you feel this way? Or, you know, uh, uh, what are you confused about? Or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Continuing the conversation like that rather than trying to dismantle, right. like, their entire ideology. Or just taking right. a break and talking about something else for a while. Like, you don't have yeah. to walk mm-hmm. away from it. You just redirect the conversation until they're ready to approach it again. Yeah. I think that this this scenario taps into a couple of things. Um, the first is this this idea that you can change a person's mind in a single conversation or overnight. And that is extremely rare. Um, it didn't happen overnight for me. Um, I, I can only think of like a couple people that I've ever even heard of that that happened. Um, so, so it doesn't happen overnight. Um, and, and you need to take breaks, you need to talk about things and, and, and let them simmer, let them think about it, and then come back to you, that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I, I think about, like, the conversations that Corinne and I had when we were first dating. Um, she, was a, she was still an active Mormon, and I was out, and we would talk about things, but as soon as she started feeling uncomfortable or, like, she needed to just kind of think about something for a bit, we, we just backed off, and we did something else, and she had time to think about it, process it, and that kind of stuff. Um, the other thing that this um, scenario taps into is this idea of cognitive dissonance. So you have somebody who, for instance, believes in the Book of Mormon or the Bible literally. Okay, mm-hmm. They believe in young earth creationism, for example. Okay, And then they, they go to school and they learn about evolution and the Big Bang and all the evidence that, that supports those theories. And, and in their mind, those are two conflicting ideas. They're opposing ideas, okay? And what can happen is if they really are a true believer in, in the, uh, the creation story, then when they come across conflicting information, conf- conflicting evidence, they will feel oftentimes ill mm-hmm. or, or just super confused. Sometimes they'll feel angry. They'll just feel bad and icky, okay? Mm-hmm. I, I remember feeling this way in, in a few instances. Me too. Um, like you just feel awful, 
Okay. And Mormons will teach um, people that that feeling, that icky feeling that you get when you when you come across evidence that goes against your belief system, that that is the uh, the Holy Ghost telling you that that's bad. Okay. That Satan is trying to trick you. You can't you can't trust it. You can't believe it. You need to walk away from it. Okay. But in reality, what's going on is your mind is just trying to process these conflicting ideas. And it's trying to make sense of it. And that's extremely difficult to do um, instantly. Um, and, and a lot of people, again, feel gross and icky and, and they have lots of negative emotions associated with that kind of thing. But it is a psychological phenomenon, um, which um, for, for me was, was comforting when I came across information on uh, cognitive dissonance. It, was, it made a lot of sense that I was feeling this way. Um, and, and I was glad that there was at least some um, you know, natural explanation for these these emotions, um, rather than the, the supernatural implications and, and things that I was brought up um, to believe. Right. Anyway, um, I think that's all I got for the Atheos app. Um, anybody else have anything else they wanted to discuss? I'm good. Mm-hmm. Aaron, anything? Uh, about the Atheos app in particular? Or? No, just in general. We can move on. Oh, okay, I gotcha. Um, I can't remember if there was... Uh, I uh, think I tapped into most of the stuff I was frustrated with. I I think uh, 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 one of the things that uh, I guess was, was, was uh, on my mind was... Uh, um, I, I guess in regards even to the atheist app is is uh, uh, I don't know just being uh, just being frustrated with uh, uh, being painted as the angry atheist and the person who always has to start fights and and I guess with the social media and whatnot um, like uh, like I kind of made like a tongue-in-cheek post after the whole deal uh, uh, with my original thread and said, uh, anybody else pick fights on Facebook for sport? <laughs> and, uh, that was kind of a joke because uh-huh. I, I actually believe most of the things that I, I, I shouldn't even say most, I believe all the things that I start these conversations about. Uh-huh. But, uh, anyway, I, you just have to kind of laugh at it sometimes because, uh, uh, you know, people, people get, uh, uh, so angry. And oh, so there's a scratching stress. sound. What's that? There's a scratching sound. Oh, is it? Oh, sorry. <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I, I, I don't really know what where I was going with that. <laughs> right. Well, I mean, if, and going back to the the last thing we talked about with the Atheos app, app, it's a, it's not something that's going to happen overnight. These conversations take time. Um, when you have the the you know most. Um, contrarian ideas being thrown into these conversations the loudest uh, it, it's difficult to get lost in uh, what's actually being said or, or what other people are going to glean from the conversation um, in my experience these these uh, conversations are difficult and tiring but oftentimes uh, good things can come from them and they really yeah. can change people's minds over time um, yeah. it's not about having one conversation it, one conversation isn't going to do it um, Anyway, yeah. Yeah. No, you're speaking a lot of truth there. Like, uh, 
Like I, I think that's a good thing for me to consider. And I guess this is a this is the point I wanted to make was like just lastly, um, I uh, w- when I engage in these types of conversations with people, oftentimes I find myself leaving the conversation, losing all faith in humanity, and just getting angry, <laughs> and uh, uh-huh. like like and uh, just upset and and. Uh, 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 it, my head hurts and I'm exhausted and I suddenly like I find myself uh, becoming apathetic and nihilistic <laughs> yeah. and, and well, um, that, that's a fair point as well like like you don't have to have these conversations when you don't want to and yeah. and sometimes you know obviously believers when they come across conflicting information will have cognitive dissonance and they'll feel overwhelmed and want to take a break but sometimes you as the the person who's informing people um We'll sometimes need to take a break as well. You know, right? It, it's fine to I, walk away. I just have a hard time doing that. I guess I need to learn better um, on how to do that. But uh, uh, I, I was reading an article. This is kind of where I was going with. Uh, okay. Um, it was on some secular website, and it was talking about how uh, they did a study on atheists and how the perceived angry atheist, how that comes about. And um, they said that in the study, what they were able to observe was that atheists believe uh, uh, illogical things, irrational things. Um, they they have the same reaction to those things that uh, uh, people um, who identify with the a theology uh, they, the same reaction. Um, uh, as to when somebody who identifies with theology does when they see somebody doing something uh, uh, that doesn't coincide with uh, their particular theology. So when they see huh. like somebody uh, sinning in their mind, uh-huh. um, that's the same reaction an atheist has when somebody does something irrational. So it's like an emotional... It, it, There's an attachment it, to it. Yeah. yeah, you almost see it as like unethical. <laughs> to like be irrational or uh to not be thoughtful interesting and uh i've never heard that before yeah and so it was kind of interesting because you know there's always this idea of the angry atheist and and i i I think that uh by viewing it through that lens as i when i witness irrationality it's almost like watching somebody sin for a christian (laughs) yeah it just makes them uncomfortable (laughs) they don't know how to react necessarily yeah, and so that that produces uh, an angry response, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, in the same way that people identifying with the dogma do. And so anyway, I I uh, I, I thought that was pretty interesting. That whole article is really interesting. But anyway, cool. but yeah, that's uh, that's about it. Okay, <laughs> um, I think that's a good place to wrap it up then. Unless um, anybody else has anything, no. All right, well, Aaron, thanks for joining us. Yeah, it's been a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Thank you, too. Always a pleasure. Appreciate yep. you having me. I, I needed this uh, outlet because I've been driving my girlfriend crazy. So. Is, uh, is your girlfriend religious? She's not, but she uh, she's not not religious either. She's in this weird quasi-state. <laughs> in limbo. What's that? Yeah, she's in, in limbo. limbo. You know? yeah. yeah, and it's funny because a lot of... Uh, a lot of uh, uh, her uh, kind of leaning toward uh, religion kind of happened when 
she became pregnant because before that she she wasn't uh, she never spoke of it really mm-hmm. but now the idea you know societally uh, the societal pressure and also just the, the the fear of being a new mother you know wanting to do all the right things I think wow. has entered her mind and uh, you know she's taking advice from people that are saying oh well you got to take your kid to church and da 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 you know so well, I don't even think she necessarily like 100% agrees with it it's just it's been so indoctrinated that that's the right method thing to do you know bring mm-hmm. up your kid with some type of dogma well if she ever wants to join the conversation let us know <laughs> yeah you know that might be fun <laughs> that would definitely um, be a, an alternative perspective yeah. I'm sure. um, so. great well uh, that's our show thanks for listening um, if you would like to contact us you can email us at skeptic squared podcast at gmail.com and our blog is at www.skepticsquaredpodcast.blogspot.com And we'll see you next time on the Skeptic Squared Podcast.